Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, Sox fans, we said we would be with you, win or lose. Lot to digest in game one. Long series. Let's not panic. Lucas Giolito and the Bats coming alive tomorrow. Let's do this. Takeaways from today. We'll get into it in a second, but just odd, right? Just a little bit odd. Lance Lynn and the fastballs, odd. The decision to even start Lynn against the Astros, slightly odd. Use of the bullpen, little bit weird. Maybe there's a great strategy that we're about to tee up as to why the White Sox did exactly what they did today, which hopefully will play out well over the course of the series. DeWindy City White Sox podcast starts right now. Showtime. It's a very disappointing night for the Dewindy City podcast, the Dewindy City White Sox podcast. Uh, I, apparently, King is at a, a meeting in Mexico that I learned about five minutes ago. Courtney was watching the game with her dad and is driving home. So the only true diehard left this evening is you, Mo. Thank God somebody's with me here. Glad to be here, but obviously bummed with uh, that first game, not what, not what any of us wanted. So what's your number one takeaway? 6-1, Astros up a game, one game to none, and Sox fans leaning on Geo, leaning on the bats to come alive in game two. But what's your number one takeaway? I'm kind of torn. I'm, I'm, you know, overall, I'm disappointed that for the second year in a row, the Sox big, you know, acquisition starting pitcher wise has really sucked in the playoffs. You know, you're kind of hoping for more from Lynn, but I think history has shown that for whatever reason, he struggles with the, uh, with the Astros, uh, I was pleased with uh, the guys out of the bullpen, Lopez, Crochet, Ruiz. I thought they did a good job. So, um, you know, the fact that the main guys are still available and we got Gio going tomorrow, I, I do. I am curious if, if Lance Lynn starting game one was was somewhat of a thing where they thought it would be tough for the Sox to score runs against McCullers and figured they had a better shot of taking one of two with uh, Gio on the mound against Valdez tomorrow. That right there. If that is actually what's going on, if that's the genius of Tony LaRussa, <laughs> I don't think that's it, but that actually would make sense. Like, look, I mean, he was Lance Lynn in his last five starts against the Astros was 0-5 with a 9 ERA. And the Astros are a great fastball-hitting team, and he threw 76 pitches, 74 fastballs. 
if somebody just told you that off the street and not even being game one of the playoffs, you would think that they were trying to throw the game, that somebody was 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 gambling on it. It was like, hey, we'll put, we'll put Lynn out there. He always struggles against the Astros, and we're going to tell him fastball, 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 and I'm going to put a, a large sum of cash on Houston. It doesn't make sense, but that's how he pitches, and the Sox don't hit McCullers, so maybe – I can hear that. It, 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 it makes more sense than anything else at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, watching the game, it didn't quite occur to me until the end. And I saw the stats, like you said, with the fastballs. Uh, he obviously leans heavily on the fastballs, but, but the numbers that he threw, it was a little surprising, especially because recently they were talking about him mixing in more pitches. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, the, we knew going in the Astros were a tough team and, and they showed it. They're, they're solid. McCullers was great. And they did the little things to win, and the Sox just didn't. That was one of the comments by AJ on the broadcast, and I almost thought at times he was trying to overcompensate from being a White Sox guy and just being super positive the other way. But he mentioned that, look, the Astros have a ton of playoff success. The White Sox don't. And if you're an Astros, uh, ideally, you just keep putting it on the Sox and, and just keep mounting the pressure. And... Houston just looked awful comfortable. They're playing at home. They've been there a zillion times. Altuve and Bregman and Gurriel and Correa, all of them with Knox and uh, except for Gurriel, excuse me, but uh, doesn't matter. I mean, Bregman Brantley had a huge game and uh, you know, listen, uh, the, the big, the big blows came from Jordan Alvarez with the, with the bomb. And, and uh, I don't, it just, uh, they, the Astros look, very much not feeling any playoff pressure and, and and maybe it just looks like that when you don't hit but uh, right now the White Sox look like they're still getting their footing yeah for sure I mean if you look at it like you said that the top four for the Astros really delivered uh, and then you know you got a guy like Jake Myers his first playoff and, and he comes up big too right and, and every run mattered early and and they just kept sort of adding to it and, and adding to Lynn's trouble so let me go through my notes with you, Mo, and you can just uh, walk me off the ledge here or just tell me you agree. So let's let's go to uh, the play with Altuve at third and Moncada coming home. I was surprised at that point in a in a two nothing in a one nothing game, right? It was one nothing at that point that the White Sox did not play the infield in. If Moncada is in there. He probably gets him at the plate, or more likely Altuve doesn't even go. Were you surprised by that? I don't know if Al, I don't know if Moncada gets to that ball because I, I think one of the reasons he didn't get the out was because he had to move to his side, his momentum. He went down to one knee and then he got up and threw. Which for me, one, once he went down to the knee, the play was to first get the out. Yeah, they score a run, but it's early. Um, that to me was, you know, he made a great play to feel the ball, but once he went down to the knee, he should have gone to first base. And that's fine, by the way, that he probably doesn't get to it. But even regardless of that, forget about the result. I just thought they should have the infield in here, in there, and they didn't. Were you were you thinking the same thing? I thought that early in the game against the Astros, like, I, I don't know. It seemed early with, with a good hitting team to be doing that. I know it's the playoffs. And, and obviously, to your point, if it, it may have been different if, if they were playing in. But I, I didn't really question it at the time. And okay. quite honestly, with the broadcast, it was hard to tell who was playing where, when. <laughs> yeah, that, that was true, too. They did not give you a good look at the infield. But, uh, but but they did show us the slide about 47 times afterwards. What a, you know. Well, the, and I, I tweeted it at the end. I'm like, look, 
you guys are acting like that was the play of the game. White Sox didn't hit. Lance Lynn got smoked. I mean, that was a big play, but it's not like we were dealing with a one-run game. So I just thought it was they were leaning on that so much. And I guess at the end of a 6-1 game, they got to talk about something. But it just They were were giving it the Derek Jeter treatment. Like it was the greatest thing ever. Great play. Phenomenal read by Altuve. Winning player, all that, and Moncada, phenomenal play to get to the ball and get it at you know get it home as quickly as he did. To your earlier point, should have taken the out. It's a two nothing game after the inning. Live to see another day. Stay out of the big inning. But when you're that talented defensively, sometimes you try to make plays like that. And he was an eyelash from pulling it off. So I guess you, on some level, you take the good with the bad. The play that he made on the bunt that Brantley dropped down that was fantastic. I mean, he's really. Uh, the, the guy is just impressive at third base. We all know this, but that, that particular play, I mean, he wasn't even in the screen and he's coming in there and, you know, racing in and making a barehanded play across the diamond. That was, that was big time. I, I did not like Adam angle in the lineup and I love Adam angle. I'm a huge fan of the angle family. I appreciate Adam angle, but he hasn't been healthy and he hasn't looked good at the plate. He drops an over four and I get, and it, you know, a lot of guys were over four tonight. Sheets was over four. Grandal was over four, uh, but angle, and I, you really, it really bummed me out in the ninth inning because you, you've got Presley on the mound. Baker goes to his closer, and I'm thinking this is the reason that Dusty Baker loses close series because in a 6-1 game, he's going to spaz. He's going to go to his closer because he doesn't trust anybody else in his bullpen, and he's, the guy is, was on the verge of throwing 30 pitches. If Gavin Sheets can lay off a curveball, that's a walk. He's at 20 pitches. I'm still hopeful. And then here comes Angle swinging at the first pitch on a tapper to Altuve to end the game. Dude, and that's not even my biggest issue. It's like he, he's, just not, he's just not swinging a very hot bat right now. I don't understand. I would not have played, myself personally, I would not have played Adam Angle. Give me and literally anybody else at this point. Yeah, I think that was going to be one of the questions. Who was playing right? Who was playing second? You know, I, I think I may have texted this, but with Abreu not being able to play first base, it almost felt like, you had two sort of weak spots on the right side with, you know, Garcia has shown he's not a great defensive second baseman. Um, so, and then you throw sheets out there. It was like, are they putting angle in there to sort of compensate for it? Um, I mean, let's face it, right? Like normally I think if, if Goodwin was healthy, he's a left-handed bat. He's probably playing right field. Um, I don't know. I, 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 it's hard to criticize. I mean, your point is valid angle just hasn't, really had the opportunity to, to get in a groove. Um, I, I think they were probably picking some defensive uh, choice there uh, because they were making some other other concessions with, with Abreu stuck in the DH role. All right, let's go to the fourth inning, and this was the moment of truth here. It's a 3 nothing game, and Lynn's getting batted around in the inning. Exit velocity is consistently over 100 miles an hour. And, I mean, even the great Martin Maldonado is blasting one to the warning track in center field. So once he gave up the double to the corner and Brantley's at the plate, I'm thinking that that's it. He's done bullpen. Now, if you're trying to win the game, were you with me at that point? Um, I, I could see where that was a move to make. I was when you, I think you texted that too. The the thing was, who are you bringing in at that point, right? The, the Sox really crochet. have... Crochet. Crochet. That, that, would, that would have been, I guess, if you had him ready to go, that would have been the time to do it. Um, I don't know. Again, it, it almost feels like 
Lance Lynn's the veteran starter and, you know, maybe the old school mentality of, you know, he's, he's a, you know, self-proclaimed big bastard that, you know, he goes out there and he toughs it out, but yeah, I mean, that obviously proved to be a mistake to let him face Brantley again there. So it's, it's the bottom of the fourth Tucker lines out to center. Okay, fine. Then the, the young guy Myers gets a base hit. All right. So at that point you're down three zip. I get it from Tony's spot. Like you're, you're not terrified at that point. It's a one out single. You want to get as much out of Lance as possible. So maybe you don't do anything, but then Maldonado blasts one. I mean, can you get up crochet at that point and get him ready for Brantley? That's probably asking too much, but in an, in an ideal world, that's what I was thinking. Cause you know, all of a sudden you're on the verge of just being out of the game. And that's what ended up happening. Altuve gets the double then at that point. And maybe, maybe you don't, you know what? Forget about crochet. Cause you, that's a guy that you can't warm up multiple times. Maybe at the, maybe at that time I'm warming up bummer and I'm warming up Lopez simultaneously. So righty lefty, maybe I'm doing that. That's, I think that's a more realistic thing. Cause I don't want to, with crochet's injury history, I don't want to be getting him up and down. I'd be willing to do and, that. And, and I don't I don't, I don't want to get bummer up in the four. He's not, I know it's the playoffs and you ask them to do things that they haven't done, but he's a guy who's usually pitching the seventh, eighth, the fourth feels early for him. I I think this, this shows though, that especially with them not being able to rely, if you're just looking at handedness, right. Not having Keuchel, who's a lefty, who's reliable or, or Jace Fry wasn't reliable. They have two lefties in the pen and you know, that obviously in hindsight, that was the time to use one of them. Um, but in the fourth inning with your your ace supposedly on the mound, you know, I, I think they relied on the ace and, and they lost. Right. But I think we all saw by that point that he was not the ace and that he was getting hit around. And listen, yeah. it, it would have been interesting had they taken him out. But I mean, Brantley is a great hitter, so they could have brought in, you know, bummer crochet. He still could have made them pay. Um, of course, you know, course. Brantley is a stud. And he had Lopez up. I mean, he could have he could have done that. It would have been an odd move. I'm bringing in the righty Ronaldo Lopez to face Brantley. People would have been scratching their heads. But I probably at that point would have taken my chances with Lopez if that's all I had as my options because he just didn't look good. It was it was I thought it was pretty obvious that this is not going the right way here. And then I thought, well, okay, maybe you're actually just thinking let Lance Lynn eat up a bunch of innings and say, and have a fresh bullpen for the rest of the series. But then, you know, then he started making his way through the bullpen. So he didn't do that either. Yeah. But I, I think if you look at the guys he used they're with the exception of crochet, um, Ruiz is not somebody he's probably going to rely right. High leverage situations. That's Lopez fair. is a guy who's sort of your longer guy. So I, I mean, you know, I would have, I was thinking once the score was six to nothing, give Kopech, get him a, you know, his taste of the playoffs. So he's when you have to bring him into a high leverage situation, but um, you know, you, he, he, he left his main relievers. I mean, he's got four or five of them that are fresh for tomorrow, yeah. which again, you know, I don't know, obviously I have no inside information, but you know, is the thought that, Hey, if we can steal one today, great. But you know, we, we feel we have a better chance to win tomorrow. Like yeah, you said, is, is it the greatness or is it, uh, and again, I don't know that that's their mentality, but um, you, you hate to quote unquote, give a game away. Right. And everyone is also thrown out there that like tomorrow is a must win, which like every game is enormously important and there are no must wins in the playoffs until it's an elimination game. However, 
you don't want to face McCullers in game five there. So it almost feels like to me that the Sox need to go on a nice three game win streak here to just do this thing in four. Yep. I mean, if, if you get, if you go to a fifth game and you're facing McCullers, you, you, you don't want Lance Lynn on the mound. You're going to want to go back to Lucas, right? Correct. And, and, and the fact that, you know, this team will, if, assuming they, if they do lose tomorrow, I believe they've lost all their games in Houston um, this year. So I, again, I don't think you want to go to a game five, whether it's McCullers or someone else. Um, I, I do feel like tomorrow is somewhat of a must win, even though it's, it's really not uh, geo and, and you got the bullpen and, and they're going to have to, I, I think the key is the offense, right? We had six or seven hits. Most of them were late and they were all singles. We weren't exactly bashing the ball. The Astros are going to score runs. We know that they're a great hitting team. The offense has to produce. Game five would be on Wednesday. So Gio would have, he'd have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So he'd have four days. Yeah. Got to win tomorrow though, Mark. Got to win tomorrow. I, I get it. But if you can, okay, fine. If you can get to a game five, assuming you get to a game five, assuming Lucas plays well, pitches well tomorrow, then I would think that Giolito would be your starter in game five as we work through this on the fly here, as, <laughs> as I feel super stressed about let, let's, let's hope we don't have to get to a game five. Let's but, hope but we certainly, don't. Let's hope we can get to a game four at this point. Well, if you, if they, if they said, okay, Hey Mo, I'll give you a, uh, right now, uh, I'll give you the opportunity to tell you right now that the series is in a fifth game. You taking it? Um, Cause I would. You probably have to, but, but again, I, I'm hoping that we can win tomorrow. They have a lefty. We have geo. And then, you know, two games at home, you know, it's, it's why not? We thought they, they could win it in four and they still can't. Right. And the reality is they just have to win one in Houston. If they win tomorrow, they're, they're in good shape. Yep. One, one Oh seven tomorrow, as we record at seven twenty six PM right now. So the white Sox are playing another baseball game in what we'll call that 17 hours, roughly 17 and a half hours. It's going to be a real, it's a quick turnaround, man. Then all of a sudden you're in a one o'clock game. Getting off to a good start just seems absolutely positively imperative. You start chasing tomorrow, and it's going to be squeezing the bat tight. Just get, you got to relax. You got to settle in. Somebody's got to have a big time performance. There's a lefty on the mound tomorrow. So how do you how do you think the lineup shakes out? What do you do? I'm I don't think Gavin Sheets to me looked a little deer in the headlights tonight. I don't know if you noticed that, but every time and maybe I'm overreacting, but every time I saw him, he didn't he didn't look like the confident Sheets that we've seen launching balls in the regular season. I think they all looked a little off. Grandal to me was the the bigger. I, again, I thought the left-handed hitters had it had it produced to get to McCullers just because he's so tough on righties. Grandal just didn't look. He was taking pitches. He was kind of turning around a bunch of times early in the game to sort of question. Um, he had a couple of pitches that he fouled him off. Uh, some of the other hitters fouled off what looked like hittable pitches. But again, when McCullers dealing, it's it's not like you can get up there comfortably. Um, so yeah, I mean, sheets, plus you put him at first base. He has not played a lot of first base. He's not a Brayu at first. So, you know, mentally, I'm sure that was weighing on him as well. Yeah. I, I think tomorrow's lineup will be interesting. I would, you know, obviously you'd have Anderson leading off. I'm curious if he sticks, uh, you know, Robert in the two hole again, cause that was working the last week of the season. Uh, hopefully a Brayu can play first base, uh, and then, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you go with Engel again in right field for defense and hope he can hit the lefty and have Vaughn as the DH. I would be tempted. I'd play Vaughn and right is what I would do. Who's uh, your DH? 
No, I wouldn't do that. I would, I would have, this is what I would do. I'd have Leury and right Vaughn at DH. I'm putting Hernandez back at second base. That's what I would do. Yeah. I just, again, listen, Garcia had a great year. He's very streaky. If he's on a good streak, he's awesome. If, if he's in one of his funks, he's going to have a long playoff series. Uh, I, I think I would go with Engel and Wright for the defense and Vaughn, the DH, and put uh, Cesar a second and, and try to play some defense, figuring that you know the rest of the guys have to produce. Anderson, Abreu, Robert. Jimenez took, what, two uh, strikeouts looking? Like That, that can't happen. He's, he's got to produce better. Yeah, that was that was stunning to see. Very rare that he's that he just has looked off the last couple of weeks of you know, like yeah, just he has. you know, he he looks like he's having fun, but he he just doesn't look like he's the usual uh guy at the plate who's dangerous right now. Frank was calling it out too, uh when I was doing one of the post game shows over there that he 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 thought he was crouching. It just it was signifying that he wasn't seeing the ball well. Right. And he and he and he really hasn't, uh, you know, for for a bit here. So I, you know, maybe he'll magically find it tomorrow. A couple of comments coming out from Houston. Tony LaRusso said post game that Lance then regretted not mixing things up more and showing more of his off speed. This is you a think. <laughs> I mean, it's really interesting. Again, ninety seven percent of his pitches fastballs. The Astros hit two ninety against the fastball. Just very, 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 very bizarre. Yeah, um, you, you know, in contrast, McCullers early on was throwing almost no. Everything was a was a breaking pitch too, right? Um, the game. I don't. Again, I don't have the insight. Maybe you do. Maybe you know Courtney or King if they were on have it more inside information. I don't know who develops the game plan, but um, with Lynn relying so heavily on fastballs, it it is odd when when you see those numbers and it's like, whoa, that, that's that's odd. Well, and look, there's a guy behind the plate too. Yasmani's got a part in this. You know, he's he's throwing what what Grandal is putting down. Now, yeah. ulti- ultimately, he can of course uh, shake him off. But I mean, there's got to be a better game plan going on there. This is like this part is like borderline stunning, like that. Well, in, again, and listen, I'm not trying to be all optimistic because it, it sucks to watch the Sox lose the playoff game. Uh, I'm trying to channel a little King here, but I mean. Let's face it, Lance Lynn is a guy who relies very heavily on on the fastball. So, to the extent he did it is is strange, but but it's not completely out of character, right? Yeah. He's he's a guy who lives and dies with with the various fastballs that he throws. And just to follow up on that tweet from James Fegan, Larusa said that posting that Lynn regretted not mixing it up. Lynn downplayed this, saying he used all of his pitches and simply did not locate well, as well as he needed to. So that's interesting, by the way. Um, the Abreu thing too is where there's pictures coming out of the post game and Abreu's in a mask and Lynn's sitting there looking like he's ready to have seven cocktails Uh, if Jose Abreu is sick and he's got to be in the mask which I'm assuming that's what's going on here does he have to meet the media can't he just you know get in his own Abreu uh, limo and go home I think I texted during the, the game at a certain point, I would have sent him back to the hotel. I know he's their leader, but um, you know, if he's, if he's not feeling well, we need him as, as much strength as he can get. So if he can uh, get back to the hotel, get a little more rest because of that quick turnaround, I would have, I would have considered doing that. Yeah. I mean, his comment here is quote, if I told you, I feel hundred percent, I'd be lying to you. Say Jose Bray, this is after the game. He had two hits. Of course I had to play today because of the commitment I have to this team. That's great. Love him. You're a warrior. 
I hope he doesn't get the whole team sick too. At <laughs> the same time. Uh, all right, Mo. Quick turnaround here. So we'll let everybody get to bed. And uh, thank you for checking out the Windy City podcast. Uh, White Sox, of course, lose game one, six to one. We'll be with you after the game tomorrow. And hopefully we'll be talking about a win. Way to, way to hang in there with me. I know Courtney wants to be here and, and the same thing with, with the King, but they're not. You're here. and um, Sorry, everyone. You're stuck with me. No, they're, they're, everyone's thrilled. I'm thrilled. And uh, hopefully the White Sox will thrill everybody tomorrow uh, with a big time W. Gio. Momo, I'll see you tomorrow, my brother. Sounds good, man. Go Sox. That's my opinion. It happens to be, you know, the right one. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Okay, but baseball is a momentum game, and that is an actual fact. You stop that right now, Finnecom. Finnecom. Yes, Mark. Okay, okay. Now, now, now we're speaking more of my language, King. Now we're speaking more of my language. You stop that right now, Finnecom. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park